Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here you go. Here you go. Temporary injunction. That's the word of the day. It is Monday, November 13th, 2023. Welcome to Nothing Personal with David Sampson. We are live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Check it out. Hit subscribe. You'll enjoy it. A temporary injunction is what was not granted to Michigan, therefore making it so Jim Harbaugh could not coach on the sidelines for the Michigan Wolverines as they won their game against Penn State this weekend. A temporary injunction is when you go before a judge and you say, excuse me, Your Honor, we have a small problem. I understand that we have been disciplined or we have been sued or something is happening that could be very bad that we've done. However, until it's proven and until we actually lose, if you let this person do that to me, then I can't do what I'm supposed to do today, and I really gotta do it. That's what a temporary injunction means. It is literally when a court orders where you cannot allow a person to do something that was told to them that they cannot do any longer. But no, no, I wanna do it. Sometimes you can get a temporary restraining order, hey, don't come near me, all right? You can't come within 100 feet and we'll figure out why later. That's when there is domestic violence involved, when there are parties fighting over an area and you can stop one party from going into the area. I don't mean war, I'm talking about business. Or in this case, when the Big 10 suspends the head football coach for three games and there's a game coming in 24 hours, you can file, Michigan, a temporary injunction saying, hey, stop the Big Ten from doing what they're doing because it is prohibiting me from doing what I want to be doing, which is coaching the team. So you write up an order, and then you are subject to the whims of a judge. A judge has to hear, have a hearing where both parties say, hey, they're suspended, we suspended our guy, three games, that's it. If they want to appeal, they can appeal. If they want to sue us, they can sue us, but he's suspended. Michigan would say, but your honor, we have to have a whole hearing because this is totally unfair and I'm gonna be unfairly prejudiced, unduly prejudiced if you don't let me coach against Penn State. But in order for that hearing to happen, a judge has to actually have a hearing. And you can seek emergency injunctive relief. What would be a situation where there's a real emergency? That's when somebody is stopping you from doing something that if you don't do it right now, you will never be able to do it again. And you will miss the opportunity to do what you really wanted to do that the other party is saying, hey, we don't want you doing. 
And most times a judge within 24 hours will say, all right, we'll have a hearing. Somebody's assigned to it and they'll make a very quick ruling. And that's why it's called a temporary injunction or a temporary restraining order because we're gonna really have a hearing to figure out whether this should be permanent. Should you be allowed to be suspended three day, three games? Should you be allowed to never be near this person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've actually talked about these sort of things in the Bauer case where there was a temporary restraining order and then it had to be renewed and it wasn't. A couple of things happened over the weekend. Number one, they never had the hearing. A judge did not get himself together because there was a whole Megillah that the judge who was assigned to have the hearing over the temporary injunction was a Michigan alum, therefore would have to recuse himself because otherwise he'd rule in favor of Harbaugh or would he rule in favor of Michigan, which is going against the Big Ten. So it had to be reassigned, which it was. And that new judge said, eh, you know, I got a barbecue. I got stuff going on. Sorry, can't hear it. Jim Harbaugh, you will not be coaching this weekend. Which of course brought me to part of the discipline as handed out by Tony Petiti in what I could only describe as a surprise to me, given that I suggested to you that Tony Petiti would not act so rashly, given the fact that I thought that he would not get ahead of the NCAA, but boy, did he ever. Given the fact that he would realize he needed more time, more proof to differentiate that which Michigan's doing versus other teams, not as a matter of hearsay. As a matter of fact, only 10 days ago, I had a wait to see that said the Big Ten will not punish Michigan. Wait to see when I tell you something's wrong, gonna happen and it doesn't. I revisit it. None of these other shows do, but I do. 10 days ago, I it did not occur to me that Petiti would do this, having known him for a very long time. So he does. But then their statement was very bizarre. And I want to give credit, if you don't mind, to a listener and watcher of Nothing Personal. You went on davidsampsonpodcast.com, and I appreciate that. I even think you bought a horse hockey shirt, if I got the name right. And you said to me, what a weird phrasing by the Big Ten in their announcement. And you pointed out to me that you pay attention more to PR announcements because of nothing personal. Thank you for that. And you noticed that the Big Ten actually as a penalty for this sign-stealing scandal, they the discipline was that the team, Michigan, could not have its quote, head football coach attend practices or other football team activities for three games. And you said, and I laughed, why not fire Harbaugh, rehire him as an offensive coordinator, and then he could be on the sideline calling the plays or defensive coordinator call the defense, whatever, special teams. That's funny. And according to this statement, it would appear that that could be possible. Couple issues with that. There are bylaws within the Big Ten that I'm not aware of and haven't read. There was a letter specifically sent to Michigan, I am positive, that outlined what the issue was and what the punishment was. What we got was a press release from the Big Ten and what the Big Ten announced. So I assume they mentioned Harbaugh by name. If they didn't, of course, he could have done that. And what I liked mostly that Tony Petiti did is he knew 
that he only had one catch-all, and he learned this from Bud Selig and Rob Manford. The catch-all in baseball, which is the mic drop of discipline, is that the commissioner has the right to discipline teams, executives, players, under something called the best interests of baseball. What does the best interests of baseball mean? Don't know, because it can change depending on the personal vendetta against the person or player. It can depend on how the commissioner's feeling and whether the fiber one was working that particular day. It's a catch all. You acted not in the best interest of baseball. Do you know how many people act not in the best interest of baseball? Let me give you a preview of that. 30 teams. We all act in the best interest of ourselves. We don't act in the best interest of baseball. We say we do. Oh, we care so much about the industry. We want the industry to be lifted higher, Jackie Wilson. No, we act in our own selfish best interests. The commissioner doesn't use that provision too often because he knows it's a little flimsy when it comes to an actual court of law. The Big Ten has something called the sportsmanship policy. I like that. We are a university. We've got student athletes. We are a Big Ten school. And we care about academics. And we want everyone to play nicely together. We want everyone to show great sportsmanship. So we're going to have a policy. Don't violate it, because if you do, we can discipline you. And if you're stealing signs and hiring people and doing in-person scouting and recording, we're going to do a catch you if we can under the sportsmanship policy. <laughs> I like that. Do you know that there's a part of an agreement which says the Big Ten Conference expects all contests involving a member institution to be conducted without compromise to any fundamental element of sportsmanship. Such fundamental elements include integrity of the competition, civility toward all, and respect, particularly toward opponents and officials. Coca, if we were a bigger part of Metal Arc with a little more support, you would be able to play on your fantastic soundboard that other shows enjoy some sound, which is like the Independence Day sound, like dun, 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 dun. Civility toward all. It's sort of like the movie Sneakers, when they're allowed to get whatever they want. If you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. And David Strathern stands up and says, I would like world peace. <laughs> okay, thank you. Jim Harbaugh missed a game. It didn't matter. They beat Penn State. I couldn't disagree more vociferously with what Tony Petiti did. And I must say that I'm not a Michigan guy. I'm a Badger. So this hurts me to say. This sportsmanship that I'm showing toward all members of the Big Ten, I ask you, when you're going to suspend someone, you better be consistent. You better be able to say that what Michigan did, and you better have proof, was so beyond the pale that it rises to the le level of what the Astros did. Even though what the Astros did is pretty much what every other team was doing, and what Michigan did is pretty much what every other team is doing. But here's what's not going to happen to Jim Harbaugh. He's not going to get fired. He may go to the NFL, but he's not going to get fired.
there was a big firing this weekend in college football. And I'm not going to talk about college football as a who should be in the CFP. You can watch other podcasts for that. Who is ranked number one? I'm not going to do a 20-minute special announcing the new top, my new top 10 rankings. I've never seen more stations and more tweeters and more sports centers and more everything. Here's our rankings for the top 25. Nope, not me. I'm more interested in the number 76.5. We got to cut that, Coca. I think it's just 76. Or is it exactly 76.5? I'm having a total blank, which is unbelievable. Jimbo Fisher, the coach of Texas A&M, which is a powerful, powerful and wealthy college football program, therefore a powerful school, university, they hired a coach. His name is Jimbo Fisher. The previous athletic director had hired him, given him an original contract, but a new athletic director was brought on board in 2019. And two years later, in 2021, in a post-COVID world, well, not really post-COVID, maybe still during parts of COVID, said, we love you so much, Jimbo. We're going to give you a 10-year, $95 million contract. 10 years, $95 million. That's $9.5 million. That's more than Craig Council makes. That was 2021. And for those of you like me who have lost track of time since COVID and can't remember what year it is and the fact that we are only right now 31 and and 17 18 49 days away from a new year December 23rd of 23 I don't know why I said December 23rd excuse me November of 2023 Jimbo Fisher was let go he signed in 21 he was fired in 23 and then the athletic director gave us a quote that we're going to talk about before we talk about the buyout. He was fired because they were unhappy, no problem. But then the athletic director, Ross Bjork, said, quote, after very careful analysis of all the components related to Texas A&M football, Fantastic. Let's just stop right there. You're leading off the statement. You're saying that I did very careful analysis. I did not come to this conclusion in a fit of anger and emotion regarding a specific game or a specific argument. I did careful analysis. I spoke to all different constituencies, players and coaches and parents and friends and students. I walked around with a clipboard, taking a poll like Jay Trotter and let it ride about who to bet in the third race. And it came to my attention that I ought to be firing him. Now, two years ago, I did a less careful analysis and I gave him a eight-year deal. I wasn't as careful back then, but now I've been very, very careful. Two years ago, I gave him the 10-year deal. And what's changed in two years? A lot. Because this careful analysis led me, I quote, to recommend to President Welsh and Chancellor Sharp that a change in the leadership of the program was necessary for Aggie football to reach our full potential, and they accepted my decision? We appreciate Coach Fisher's time here at Texas A&M, and we wish him the best in his future endeavors. At least they didn't say we wish him and his family the best. At least he didn't say he's like a son to me. 
I'm not sure they appreciate Fisher's time. I definitely know they don't wish him the best in his future endeavors because they are the laughing stock of the business world. They're the laughing stock of college football. He specifically shouldn't have a job. Why I am saying the athletic director, and it's not nice to call for people to lose their jobs, but I'd like to, maybe it's the PR person. I'd like to know whoever approved or allowed him to say that he did careful analysis. What exactly changed since the 10-year, $95 million deal? His ability to recruit, his ability to raise money from boosters? Did he stop showing up to things? Was he in violation of any provisions of his contract? No, 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 and no. And how do I K-N-O-W-T-H-D? Because they fired him without cause. If he had done one possible thing wrong and they wanted to get rid of him, they would have fired him for cause and then they would have joined Northwestern and Michigan State in lawsuits between former coaches and the coaches' bosses over how much money the coaches are gonna get from the huge deals where the university said, we're firing you, Mel Tucker, and we're not giving you money. We're firing you, Kevin Fitzgerald, and we're not giving you money. Pat Fitzgerald, excuse me. Who's Kevin Fitzgerald? Why was that name in my head, Coca? So Texas A&M knew they had zero ground to stand on. So they went to the contract that he signed in 21, 10 years, 95. They looked at the buyout provisions and they found all we have to do is write a check for $19.2 million within 60 days of terminating him, then pay him $7.2 million a year until the end of his deal, which is 2031. It's only 76 plus million dollars. What's the big deal? Do you think that the athletic director went to the chancellor and the president and suggested that that was the course of action he wanted to take because of the careful analysis and they said no problem? Or do you think that the boosters of Texas A&M said we give, so, we give tens of millions of dollars, forget NIL, I can't stand looking at the guy anymore, we made a mistake, we'll pay. There's no other scenario that an institution could allow for a coach like this to receive a buyout like that without having it be extra incremental dollars coming into the program. What you're reading all the time is that Texas A&M is rich. They are a full program, they are bleeding, that's the wrong expression, boy, it must be Monday. They are swimming in cash. But the way athletic departments work is when your football program is hugely profitable, that money is then spent to buttress the other programs that don't make money. And then there are payments made from the athletic department to the school that are used for non-athletic things like endowments, like financial aid, like sometimes even in capital improvements. Dollars are fungible. They are used to help the budget, help make the school better for the overwhelming 99.2% of the kids who are not on the football team. I don't think it's acceptable that any school would engage in a contractual negotiation that would result in a buyout the size of $76 million. And the reason I don't find it to be acceptable 
is that the numbers have changed so much and the whole world is crazy over CEO comp. The whole world is crazy over certain people making the, the difference in class between the rich and the poor and the fact that the middle cl class has been totally squozen. What we've seen in terms of coaching, this now rises to the level where there has to be a lot more attention paid before you're handing out these deals. Except no one's acting that way. We just read as recently as a week ago that in Kansas, the basketball team gave their head coach a lifetime rolling contract, that he is their coach for life. What contracts generally mean, it's like a severance payment. It's a pre-negotiated severance. Whereas if you sign a three-year deal with your company for $100,000 and they want to fire you and you, they fire you after a year, you're owed $200,000. And their view of it is the way they calculate it, the way I used to calculate it as a president, is that employee deserves severance. And I don't want to negotiate that severance. We'll pay him out his contract, sign a separation agreement, and it's done. When you have an at-will employee who's year by year and you fire that employee, you have to negotiate severance and you have to get the employee to agree to that severance to sign a separation agreement in order to turn the page on that employee. So giving employees contracts causes you to do the negotiation in advance. What about Jimbo Fisher or any football coach makes it so that their severance package would be as high as some of these packages are. As a matter of fact, there are plenty of coaches right now out there that were they to be fired this year, they would get tremendous amounts. Think about the guy Clemson. And Clemson, from what Coca told me before the show, they're fine. $64 million if they say they want to move on from Sweeney. What about the guy at Georgia? Now, they are, I think Georgia is what? They're going to be in the CFP. They're favored to win the national championship. But if all of a sudden they have a problem with Kirby Smart and it's not for cause, 92 million bucks they owe him. Penn State, who just lost to Michigan, that guy, James Franklin, gets 64 and a half million bucks if they would fire him this year. These numbers are significant. You think that professors on campus or student groups on campus, if they can get their acts together and become civilized again. You think they're beginning to take a bigger focus on what's happening in the athletic departments and the fact that the numbers are so out of control that it's actually impacting the way that the entire university is operated? I certainly think that. There will be some changes, but the changes will not be at Texas A&M because Texas A&M makes no bones about the reality that for them, it's about football and that's it. So wait to see, I'm gonna give you a wait to see, an official wait to see. The Texas A&M next coach who they will hire, they're not gonna learn their lesson. That coach will have an AAV over $9 million. They will bring in a big name, pay him a S ton of money and it will not be a three year deal. But the official wait to see is that Texas A&M's next coach will have an AAV over 9 million. Meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher is sitting pretty. In baseball, when you're fired, you have a mitigation clause. A mitigation clause means that when you get another job in baseball, so if you're the manager of the Marlins and you're one of three managers being paid at the same time, I think we always had three managers being paid. 
and you get another job as a third base coach, whatever money you make as a third base coach gets taken off the money that you make as a manager from us. So if we gave you a million dollars and you get a new job with a new team for $100,000, the next year, that new team, that new team pays you 100 and we pay you 900. You actually have a duty to mitigate. There are grievances that we've done. Oh God, we did a grievance against the Washington Nationals. I'm just reminded of this. When we fired Dan Jennings as the manager and the general manager, and he then joined another team, I wanna say the Washington Nationals. And Dan, love you, man, but if I have, I have this wrong, I have this wrong, but I don't think I do. We were not happy that you were being paid so little by the Nationals. Therefore, the mitigation was so little, we were trying to save more money. And the way it works is that when you take another job, the team that hires you has to give to the commissioner a job description and then a salary. And the rule is you have to pay your new employee a reasonable salary for the job. And so what the Nationals did is they said they were hiring Dan Jennings to barely do anything and so they were gonna barely pay him because Dan knew and the Nationals knew that he was getting paid by us. And the irony is that he did a whole lot more for them, but we could never prove it, so we didn't win. But we knew it and you knew it, DJ. And I'm not mad. I was mad at the Nationals, not at you. Duty to mitigate, very normal. Jimbo Fisher doesn't even have that. Jimbo Fisher is getting the $76 million. If he becomes the head coach of Georgia tomorrow, and gets paid $8 million a year. He's going to get $8 million from Georgia and the $9 million from A&M. It's almost hard to believe how the board at Texas A&M, how the athletic director, who's still there two years ago, allowed a contract without a duty to mitigate. Now, of course, if you're fired in baseball and you go take a job working for Walmart, there's no mitigation, you get to double dip. If you start your own consultancy firm, there's no mitigation. It's if you stay within the industry doing any job for any other team. Mitigation could even just be if you're the head coach of another team, there's mitigation. I would make sure there's mitigation for if you're a coordinator for another team, but no duty to mitigate it's an absolute joke. The irresponsibility shown toward the money that Texas A&M has only can mean one thing, that the people who give Texas A&M all that money, they don't give a flying rat's pituitary gland, they're happy to throw it away, which means they're making it hand over fist, they're giving it hand over fist, and their loyalty to A&M is beyond reproach. All right, good for you, Texas A&M. You really showed us how it's done. When we come back, we're going to review the movie that made Coca get Netflix. And then we're going to talk about the new manager for the Houston Astros. And if you think that we're not going to get to what happened in Dallas with their announcer as it relates to James Harden, then you're not paying attention to nothing personal. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, 
odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Hope you all had a good weekend. Thank you for rating, reviewing. I think that still matters, but mostly it's subscribing. Please download and subscribe to our audio show and also to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and hit subscribe. It takes two seconds, I promise. Thank you. Watch a movie every day. Watch some good movies this weekend. I had an opportunity to uh, do basically three days of binging, which makes me happy. I actually loved it because it's sort of winter time in the Northeast and I'm not training yet for my next marathon. That starts on December 4th. So I'm giving my body a rest and I just engage with content. I'm already up to season five of Better Call Saul. I'm sort of sad, but I know we did something weird, Coca. In the middle of binging Better Call Saul, which I'd never seen, I, in the, in between season four and five, so after 4.10, before 5.1, I watched 1.1 of Breaking Bad again, and I've seen all Breaking Bad and loved it. I remember telling you all that when Breaking Bad ended, I was despondent beyond repair for several weeks, missing the characters. It's gonna be my next binge. I'm gonna watch it again, because I realized that when you binge, you don't remember as much, and I had forgotten how some of these characters go back and forth between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Not Saul Goodman, but Saul Goodman was not even an important character to me in Breaking Bad, and now he is. Anyway, that was part of my weekend, but I also watched the new Netflix movie called The Killer with Michael Fassbender. Tilda Swinton, directed by David Fincher, who directs one of my top five movies. I think it's still a top five in my most recent top 100, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And this is a movie about an assassin. It's not like the hitman's bodyguard. It's not like Deadpool. It is a very, very introspective movie about the mind of a killer and exactly what they're thinking. And it's not all that glamorous. You think it may be, but when you are a hired killer or a hired hitman, you may think, 
that it's pretty exciting because you see it in the movies where you spend time and you're going to exotic places like James Bond type of stuff. And it turns out that a lot of the time is spent doing yoga and being bored and waiting for something to happen and for your target to get there and to be ready to be hit. So it sounds like it's not a great concept, except David Fincher makes a great movie and Fassbender is the perfect, perfect actor to play the killer because it's not that he's evil. He's almost, I kept thinking during the movie, how robotic he is and how interesting it is and how unemotional he was. And of course I internalized it thinking, is that how I am perceived or is that what I could do? No, because I hate guns, but the soundtrack is all the Smiths. If you don't know the group, the Smiths, you will if you hear it, but you may not know you know it. So the music is outstanding. It reminded me a little bit of Baby Driver, the way music was used. And Michael Fassbender spends a lot of time narrating so you know his thoughts. And normally I would tell you that's a lazy man's out of making a film, but in fact, it was exactly perfect for this movie. So it's well worth your time. Coca, I would say for you, it was well worth the free first month. And I will bet you dollars to donuts that on December 12th, there will be a cancel for you on Netflix. That's okay. Until next one. All right, I am riding high today, if you didn't realize. I feel really good. It had been a while since we had an undefeated weekend in the nothing personal pick of the day. We have an announcement. Today is November 13th. Nothing personal pick of the day is now sponsored. On Friday, we had the Celtics minus eight and a half over the Nets. And I told you the Celtics weren't gonna lose a third game in a row. I was right, the Celtics covered, no problem. Hope you're enjoying the in-season tournament. I can't find the group standings anywhere. And I can't find one ounce of me caring about the group standings of the in-season tournament. I'm trying, but I can't muster up one scintilla of care, but I'm happy to win the pick. So Saturday, Saturday at 3.30 was the Rutgers-Iowa game. You'll recall that we went under 28 and a half. You'll recall that I told you that as compared to some of the other games, I think Oregon may have had a 77 over under this week, or some team did. How does a team go under 28 and a half? How does a game go under 28 and a half? It's got to be impossible. Final score, Iowa 22, Rutgers zero. And the only reason that game went under is that for whatever reason, Iowa wanted the game to go under and not over because they kneeled at the five yard line of Rutgers at the end of the game where one more score and boom, it would have been over. Now we gave you the over under of 28 and a half. It had moved, but a touchdown at 22, nothing still would have gone over our 28 and a half, but we did it. We went under. How bad are those teams? So we're two and zero heading into yesterday's NFL games. And I'm watching the one game that we bet on, which was Steelers Packers. The line was three and a half. What do you think they won by? The Steelers won by four. How do you think they won by four? A blocked extra point. Are you willing to wager money based on the hope and assumption that there shall be a blocked 
P-A-T. I am, I did, and we went 3-0. and We are now skying over 500. Thank God we only have another 49 days of betting because we promised you wait to see we'd finish above 500. We are 167 and 164. For today, we're focusing on the Monday Night Football game. And the reason I'm focused on it is I'm willing to watch it. I did not watch one play of the Jets Raiders game, not one play. I didn't watch one play of the Bears Panthers game on Thursday night, not one play. That's two national windows in a row, no chance toilet pants. Tonight we have the Bills and the Broncos. I'm sort of excited to see whether or not Sean Payton continues his downward spiral toward the world of Nathaniel Hackett. The Bills who have underperformed this year by any measure are seven point favorites over the Broncos and we are taking the Bills over the Broncos. But because I feel good and we're hot and we are now sponsored, nothing personal pick of the day. I've got a three team parlay. That's right, not because I'm forced to, because I want to. So get your pens out. We're taking the Bills in the money line over the Broncos. That means they have to win by one. We're taking the Celtics in the money line. That means they have to win by one, and believe me, they will. And we're taking the Bucks in the money line, even though I've been very disappointed in the Bucks. But they'll get there. Don't panic, Milwaukee. I know you've had a rough go. No counsel. Freaking out. Wondering whether or not Giannis and Lillard will ever be able to play well together. They'll be fine. Wondering whether or not Giannis and Lillard will ever figure out how to play pick and roll basketball. Don't worry, they'll be fine. Bills, Celtics, Bucks, money line. It's a three-team parlay. What that means is you have to go 3-0. and And when you go 3-0, and you get paid a huge amount of plus money. That particular parlay is plus 107. Yeah, it's not that huge. But those are the two bets for Monday. All right, let's talk about Dallas, not the Cowboys and what they did to the Giants. It doesn't really matter. It's really great to beat the number 12 quarterback, 49 to 17. That's outstanding. Congrats. Way to go, Jerry. You must feel good. I'm talking about the Mavs, but not Cuban this time. I'm talking about a Dallas announcer an announcer for Bally's Southwest. I'm talking about a guy who I never heard of before. And I'm talking about a guy who went on an epic rant. Normally, I'm good with rants. Nothing personal, some may view as a 45 minute rant interrupted by a now sponsored pick of the day. I'm not in the chat now, Coca, although I entered to say hello earlier today for the first time. I wonder if people are picking up on the subtlety of the nothing personal pick of the day thing. Are they, Coca? Is everyone who's watching live realizing how funny it is? When I say nothing personal pick of the day is now sponsored. Nothing? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? I always would tell you that we had no hand in whether or not broadcasters got hired or fired. 
And as a president, I had to tell you that because contractually with our regional sports network, we had consultation rights, but not, we, we were not able to act alone. Fox would consult us with who they were hiring, but at the end of the day, it was their hire. And I used to tell you that we had nothing to do with any of it. And I told you that as president of a team, not as host of nothing personal. That's of not true. We had everything to do with it. We would call Fox and say, we want this person off the air. We want this person off the air. We want this person to say that. We want this person to say that. This person didn't do that or say that. Done. The reason why it's so important to have that relationship with your network, whether you own the network or not, is that your announcers, they're your mouthpiece. They're an extension of your organization. This guy for Dallas went on a rant about James Harden, where basically, I just wanna give you exactly sort of what I'm saying. He said, and I don't wanna really give you his name because I really don't want to. He said, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me like Daryl Morey believes in you, speaking about Harden. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You're holding the reins. And what did you do with the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. And then talking about the Clippers, where Harden is now on. Remember, this guy works for Dallas. If this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're gonna go and point fingers at everybody else. You're gonna go back home and you're gonna start swiping right for another team and there's not gonna be anybody left. Because James, you're not the beard, you're not the system, you're the problem. When James Harden gave that quote about, I am the system, I tweeted about it and I tweeted the fact that the system's broken or whatever I said, and I absolutely feel that is my place. That is what you have, and I'm so thankful for that. You have given the platform to me to be able to give you my views that you either agree with or disagree with, or at least they make you think, or we may even learn a thing or two each day on nothing personal. If I were working for a team, there's no way I'd be able to do the things I do which is why I don't want to work for a team because I love doing what I do. But when you're an announcer for a team, you do not have the right, and don't free speech me, you do not have the right to go on a rant like that over someone else's player. You can give your opinion about their play, you can give an opinion about their action. But this was a premeditated rant that even ended with a mic drop. If you are Steve Ballmer, the first thing you do when you see that rant is you call up Adam Silver and you say to Adam Silver, I want Mark Cuban fined. At which point Mark Cuban says, I have nothing to do with Bally Southwest. At which point Adam Silver calls up the Bally Sports West. He calls up what used to be Fox is now Diamond, bankrupt or not. It is the worst look possible that this happened. This was not a racist issue. This was not a, he's gonna get canceled. This is, he ought to get fired. And the reason he ought to get fired 
is that if the Clippers broadcaster went on a rant about Kyrie Irving, do you think that Mark Cuban for one second would allow it to happen? Of course he would not. However accurate everything he said about Harden, and my view is that it was roughly 100% accurate. Why is he, a guy at Bally Southwest, the spokesperson for that subject? It was the ultimate non sequitur, making no sense at all. Some channels and some networks have ancillary programming, which is not part of the actual game broadcast. And the ancillary programming is called opinion programming. A team broadcast is not the time for that, either pre-show, pre-game, post-game, or during game. What do I think is the result of this? What changes in how people are in those positions? There is going to be either a memo, a call, a conversation, a fine. There will be something that will be levied toward this guy. Again, not mentioning his name. Because it's bad enough that there's so many people in the media who are disparaging the very projects that they need as lifeline, as lifeblood for all of their content. And as a league, it makes you crazy when your rights holder who you don't own, so let's say ESPN in this case and not MLB Network, because we don't allow it for MLB Network, but ESPN, when they disparage baseball or don't treat baseball the way you'd want it to be treated, that's bad enough. But when there is something that's going on internally, think about the concept for a minute of a manager going on a rant about another manager or a general manager going on a rant about another team's player. You didn't see one general manager go on a rant about Trevor Bauer, did you? As much as they all wanted to. And the reason why you don't see it is it's not allowed. And the reason it's not allowed is leagues and teams can't make you the audience and you the buyers and you the customers feel like, hey, it's all good here. There's nothing to see. Concussions, nah, no problem. We spend so much time, energy, and money, sort of maybe like you do in a relationship, when outward facing you want everyone to think your marriage is great or that your friendship is great or that your kids are great. And when you get home, all of a sudden, it's a total nightmare, nothing but fighting in separate rooms. It's all about appearances because appearances are what keeps the money flowing. And that is just business. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Nothing Personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.